Hi there, this is Pam and this is Must Love Food. And we are continuing our series of talking to our staff uh, during quarantine and how we are putting together a food magazine during quarantine. And uh, today I've got John Kirkpatrick with me. So thanks for joining, John. Yeah, hey, thanks. Great to be here. <laughs> Great to be anywhere. Yeah, really. We are doing this uh, via uh, video conference, so uh, and we're recording this. So um, anyhow, that's how we're doing this. So we are definitely socially distanced, miles and miles apart. Yes. <laughs> but John, you have kind of a, an interesting job. You, you are a man, a Renaissance man. You do quite a few things. You are a, well, I know your background. You have a pretty cool background. You... Uh, we're, I'm going to say history, but I don't even know if that's right. Was What did you study undergrad in, in college? Oh, I, my undergrad was uh, uh, Chinese history with oh. a minor in humanities. Oh. And you you just have a wealth of knowledge on so many subjects. Um, but after uh, college, you started working in restaurants and such, and then you went to Culinary Institute of America, correct? Yeah, actually, during college, I started okay. cooking, you know, I have to pay rent, so. <laughs> really? And, you know, history majors generally end up uh, working hotlines for whatever reason, mm -hmm. waiting tables. So. Yeah, and then you, uh, I know, I'm just going to give an abbreviated version. You worked for the um, Minnesota Vikings as an executive chef there. Then you went down to Alabama and worked uh, for Cooking Light for many, many years. And, uh, and then Cuisine at Home lured you back to the Midwest. I know you had family and still have family up in Minnesota. Your parents were around at that time, and you were closer to them, right. and so was your wife's family. Exactly. Yeah, and, it made a lot more sense you know, with our tribe of uh -huh. Midwesterners. Uh, yeah, and so, but you, um, do, so not only cooking, you got into food um, styling, and you are test kitchen manager, and um, but and you also write. And so you are a man of many hats. And <laughs> as I said, great I knowledge. I always say I'm a jack of all and a master of none. Uh, I say the same, but I say Jill. My, my job requirements were. Uh, and the food styling came organically as uh, a test kitchen associate at Cooking Light. You were required to do food styling. So, mm -hmm. you know, it was something you had to pick up. It, it helped uh, have a good eye for it, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that's you know that was eight years of learning that, and still uh, even another. Well, I'm constantly learning new food styling tricks. You know, whether I'm making them up on my own or improvising or whatnot. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I've I've had to do some in my past as well, um, and do some a little uh, currently, but not. Um, I'm always amazed at. Um, you're calm under pressure. <laughs> you stay very cool. And uh, yeah, you just take it uh, kind of slow and methodical and really um, you make the food look beautiful and we appreciate it. And I know our, our uh, readers do. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what that uh, article I was writing about was food style. Ah, very cool. So um, quarantine and putting it together a food magazine is a little different for each of us because each of us has slightly different jobs. And uh, we all wear pretty much many hats, and some of them are overlapping and some of them are not. Um, but one of the things John has been doing, he's been doing some development at home. He's also been, I know you took on um, our Cocktails with Cuisine article, which um, I'm sure there's, I don't know if that was fun or not. Um, you had, thankfully, 
uh, had something already in the bag from last year that you developed last year that we yeah. put into the magazine. Really cool article. I, we are um, in the editing you know. and reading phase. Um, it's called, was it Belly of the Beast? Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah and I just, I didn't think that uh, headline would last, but it, oh. it does fit. So that's great. And that is all um, grilled steak, beef steak menus, um, and all different cuts, belly cuts from beef. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. The uh, underside of, or, or mostly the side, the lower side of the. <laughs> so you have flank and hanger yeah. and what was the third one? Flat. Yeah. Okay. Flat. Okay. And so uh, actually all of those generally, there's only those, they're butcher cuts because there's only two of each, you know, they're not cut up into burger, you know, sirloin steaks mm -hmm. and whatnot. So and so this will be in our July-August issue. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was fun. It was good to revisit them after a year, you know, for doing for photography. So. Yeah, because you uh, shot them this year. You shot them this year, yeah. and you wrote it this year, but you developed them last year. Correct, correct. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and so, the, you know, that's where I started with uh, this issue, I should say. Um, I just had gotten back from California. Mm -hmm. I went oh, on yeah. a trip. Up. I flew out on March 7th, you know, Ordway and flew into LAX. We went to um, the Venice Canals right away. That I, Oh, first, of course, we had to go to In-N-Out Burger right there at LAX. And then we went to the Venice Canals, and then we went to Venice Beach. Um, the next day, we did Hollywood, Griffith Park, and Pink's Hot Dogs. And then the next two days we spent at Disneyland. And so that was uh, up to Tuesday the 10th was Disneyland. Wednesday the 11th, we went to the Ellen Show. And that day also Disneyland closed. And then on Thursday the 12th, we visited Del Mar and whatnot. And the Ellen Show stopped the videotaping right after that. So. <laughs> Uh, we just felt like the, the COVID was following right behind us. We went to La Jolla. We went to Balboa Park. We were with thousands of people, you know, really going through major airports and everything else. So it wasn't a question of uh, self-quarantine at all. It was, it was a necessity. So when I finally did get out and, you know, and then at all sorts of different levels of uh, being serious about the threat of COVID, and I went out to start shopping, which is also one of my jobs for other people as well as myself for uh, our recipe development for this issue. What what little we are actually doing, I guess. Um, and I thought, well, if there's a sudden spike in COVID in, in Des Moines, it would probably be me because uh, I had to go to seven different stores that day to find all the stuff and then I thought well that's that's absurd I shouldn't think of myself as typhoid Mary so much as that's seven different ways I could have been exposed again <laughs> to the thing and uh, and that's when you know my, my daughter really read me the riot act on mm -hmm. that point she said it's not you it's it's everybody else you know you just got to think about it so well it's both <clears throat> yeah yeah it comes and goes but um so one of the things I did do when I grabbed the groceries, I left them off at work and 
since I knew I was going to be here for a while, and uh, my wife, Cindy, wanted to try out the air fryer. So I grabbed the air fryer, and that's really been one of the funner things that we've done. Oh. I've never used one. And, you know, I went out and got all those uh, horrible deep-fried foods that you never want to deep-fry, never oh. want to eat. And, you know, they're they're pretty well designed for that. And some things work better than others. I see but a web know. article in your future, John. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and I've had a lot of fun with it. I cooked uh, broccoli, cooked cauliflower. I mean, it's been just really, really nice uh, exploring just what all its capabilities are. Do you have any favorites at this point? <laughs> Tots. Oh, not really? surprising. <laughs> I think that when we, um, I think we've only used the air fryer in a tip. I don't know if we've actually developed any recipes with it. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think you're creating a, a story for yourself here, John. Uh, but Tots, yeah. if I remember correctly, when we tested that for tips, that was the definitely the lead um, favorite. Uh, yeah, it was funny because uh, um, I've tried some fish and chips. I tend to, I haven't quite got the timing down, so I end up with uh, more like, uh, what, <laughs> chopsticks than little thin fries. I mean, <laughs> and uh, so that was funny the first couple of times I did that. Um, so that's been one of the things. And then, like you said, I've, uh, I've been uh, busy developing the cocktails with cuisine article for issue 142 which is the july August issue that was again difficult because i had to go i had to go to liquor stores you know mm -hmm. and still had to get up and do that I, I tried to maintain it just one day and try to find everything in a single day and i did pretty well um the issue with that is is that you can't really start, you know, drinking at eight in the morning and expect to get to the day. So right. I always help off uh, the recipe development until later in the afternoon. And um, if you saw my uh, return trip from California for, uh, with the Cocktails with Cuisine live, I was already half lit from <laughs> hard seltzer drinks by the time I started that. So Right. That's the story. It's it's creating cocktails using hard seltzer. And then you also did another one using um, a coffee. Was it a coffee-based? Hard based? coffee. Pabst hard coffee. Hard coffee and several other manufacturers. Are doing Who's making it? And I, <clears throat> Pabst. Okay. Here, Interesting. Really, yeah. And I think it was interesting in that, you know, Budweiser and, and I think Miller both went, you know, feet first into the whole hard seltzer thing. And I think Pap said, wait, why get into that mess? Let's start our own. So I think they're actually knock wood. Hopefully uh, that's starting to take off for them. So I feel like I'm a little bit ahead of the curve. On nice. So what was that uh, recipe you created for that one? I'm curious. Oh, it was really uh, simple. It's uh, called a caragil. And I got it at a restaurant in, um, I had it at a restaurant in, okay, I'll say Del Mar. Sure okay, somewhere in California. Yeah. And what it started it is we were talking about having uh, affogato, espresso mm, uh, mm -hmm. and ice cream for after our dinner dessert. And the waiter suggested that we have this carayillo which we've never, I'd never even heard of. And it w involved just a shot of espresso and then this liquor 43. Um, oh, sure. Isn't that like vanilla? 
it's well 43 different uh, ingredients in it since the name I've so, had but it but I thought it was vanilla e flavored a little bit yeah, but I think you could easily say that it, that it is because okay. it tends to be real sweet it's definitely an after dinner drink and yeah um, that's what I created then was just an iced caragillo nice C-A-R-A-J-I-L-L-O. Um, and then just a quick rundown. I know you did like a smash and you did, did you do a margarita too? I did a smash. I did a margarita, a, a white peach margarita. I did a bourbon black cherry smash. Huh? And, uh, oh, I did a, a real simple uh, lime drop. I'm just dropping a, a shot into lime something. Claws the law there. Uh, that's White Claw. That's their uh, okay. Their branding. And, and then you had one other too, right? Uh, was it a Bellini? No. Oh, uh, and then I had yeah, that one right in the middle. Okay. Of <laughs> I probably have it here somewhere, but um... margarita. Oh yeah, the the white peach. Well, I oh well. Okay. I well. Uh, take a look for it when you when the uh, issue comes out. It'll be uh, July, August, and uh, something to wet your whistle. And hopefully, we will be celebrating at the time. We'll be out of quarantine eventually. Well, and I would hope that we would do it uh, on one of the Facebook lives. Oh, of course. At least knock yeah. out a couple of those. So. Yeah, totally. So you've been doing that, and then I know you've been. Um, I know you're working on another um, article. Um, our wares article, and you've been testing different um, grilling sets, grilling tool sets, and um, uh, so you you said you were working on that this weekend. Did you uh, do a lot of grilling then? I'm taking it. Yeah, earlier in the week I had, and just on my own mistaken belief, I thought I had ordered six sets. Well, I actually had ordered six sets uh, off of Amazon, but at the last minute I canceled one of them because it was sort of a duplicate. Mm -hmm. And so I had five sets, but I was thinking I had six sets. So I held off testing um, the very last one, which was the spatulas, and I had grabbed some of uh, the leftover meats from the Sub-Zero freezer at work mm -hmm. and cooked those up. And uh, that worked out really well. And then I just made burgers for the uh, turners, the spatulas. So you've and got like so, four piece sets or something, and then you just um, use them on the grill just to kind of test them out and feel the ergonomics of them, just what mm -hmm. what worked and what didn't work. And that was great. Had a lot of uh, nice food for a couple of days. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, that, leads, that leads me into something. You wrote a phenomenal, I think, web article when we initially got onto quarantine too. And it was about baking and grilling oh, and yeah. during quarantine. And um, it was funny. It was charming. It was very personable. And it was um, one of the things you talk about in there uh, was the not just the baking part, but the grilling part and how you sort of have become the the grill master at work. Um, and uh, by default. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and also you'd said you'd had kind of a almost a little mini meltdown in the very beginning um, that you were you were stumped by grilling. Was that right? Oh, yeah. I mean, way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I think I, I allude to the fact that early on my grilling days, uh, well, not really grilling, but 
chef days, my executive chef days, I actually managed to incinerate two whole hogs. Not at the same time, mind you, but um, for various reasons beyond my control. Um, one was a cotter pin that melted and dropped the <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. hog into the flame. And the other one was... Uh, well, that's not on you. No, no. And the other one was the, the uh, spit. The hog didn't turn on the spit. It kept sliding, you know, the top-heavy side always to the oh. bottom. It started massive there eventually. <laughs> oh, I had to tell you, um, I watch a show on PBS called Escape to the Chateau. And um, it's a phenomenal show about a British couple who buy this chateau in the Loire Valley in France, and they create a um, an event business. And his wife uh, had had in, like a tea business in um, the UK before they sold everything and moved to France. And he was a military guy, but he's um, an engineer as well. And so they have a wedding and event business there. And he's also a kind of a renaissance guy and he's a chef and he's into, I think he had done a lot of reality TV in the UK. Anyhow, he built out of, I want to say it was like an old, um, like oil tank or something like that, um, a hog pit. And the, um, and so he just MacGyvers this stuff together and he created uh, a place to roast a pig. But the first time they went to use it, the their pig was too big, so they had to go like last minute go and get a pig that would fit into this um, sure spit thing that he made. But uh, makes me think of 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 that um, anyway. I, I I would have to go pick those hogs up special uh, to do that. It always yeah. felt awkward and a little bit weird to have this <laughs> corpse riding along with me. Oh gosh, wow. Well, anyhow, so if uh, if you guys have not checked out that article, I um, recommend uh, checking out that article about uh, baking and grilling during quarantine. It's um, John wrote it, and it's at cuisineathome.com. Um, and also give a plug if you're not following us on uh, social media, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest um, all have great recipes and articles that we've been putting up, especially during this time that I think that most people are looking for. Um, some comfort food or, or, um, a lot of baking is going on, but anyway, uh, and pantry cooking, chocolate chip cookies. So, um, (laughs) uh, yes, 15 is happening with me suddenly. (laughs) Um, but you also, as we were saying before, you did some shopping and things like that, but you also have, um, had a couple stories that you had to, uh, go into the office to style for. So you've gone into the office uh, a couple of times and um, and probably styling your own stuff as well as uh, um, others. I mean, I know Actually, I had- up being mine, so I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not trying to be selfish or anything. But. No, no. I mean, it probably just worked out that way because I know yeah. that um, the stuff that I was working on was, was shot and I was not there, but um, it proceeded without me. Um, and, uh, so, um, yeah, I know you guys are working sort of um, at a distance in the studio. and Yeah, that was kind of uh, fun because it was, you know, the photographer, Chris, Teresa, the art director, and myself. And it was almost as though we were on a, a lazy Susan because, <laughs> you know, I would style something and then Chris would take the shot and then he'd step away and Teresa would go look at the shot and then 
eventually we'd all rotate around and I could look at the shot, but we kept the social distancing. It was pretty good. Actually. I love that image of the lazy Susan. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It worked out really well, actually. Well, so. and the shots are beautiful. I have not yeah. seen the cocktail shots. I know you shot those last week, but I saw the belly of the beast um, and those shots are beautiful. In fact, I think um, one of them is going to be the cover for July, August. That's right. Yeah, I think pretty so. Pretty sure. Uh, yeah. Was it the... It wasn't the was it the hanger steak or no? Hanger steak, I think, hanger with peach salad. Is that yeah? That's on. Um, mm -hmm. Those that one and the um, and the flank um, oh. with the uh, potato salad and the jalapenos. Those were my two favorites yeah. Yeah. of everything that we had taken. I uh, just my I, I know I was the odd man out on that peach salad one. I just thought it was a little dark as all. Oh. Uh, I think I liked the the moodiness, but the brightness from the spinach and the peaches really yeah. did it for me. Um, but I did, I did love that um, the steak with the jalapeno too. I thought that was another beautiful yeah. shot. I think you did a very nice article, uh, very nice shots, and your lazy Susan uh, method of styling <laughs> <laughs> and shooting. Um, and I know you're also prepping because next week, well, this will air, I think, after the class, but um, you are prepping for a live um, cooking class on cast iron. On cast iron. Yeah, it's actually in tune with uh, sort of a theme that we've got going this year. It seems like uh, we've introduced an SIB with a cast iron. Uh, we still have the online That's education. That's a special introspective. Nobody knows. <laughs> And uh, then didn't we, this last issue had, or is the, the upcoming uh, issue? Is it there will be issue? some cast iron. If it's not next issue, it's the issue after. I cannot remember. Something along those lines. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And so this is kind of an adjunct to all of that. It's it's a kind of a good follow-up. And we got a lot of cast iron to play with. So. I, You know what? I have to say, I have always said, um, I mean, I love my all clad and I love Le Creuset. Um, I'm sorry to to name out brands, but those are the, probably um, what I love. But I am a big proponent of of just black cast iron. And if I was only to have one pan in the world, it would be a cast iron pan. Um, you know, I always say that it was good enough for the pioneers and it's still around. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, you know, it retains heat beautifully. I mean, it's actually... It uh, is slow to conduct heat, which most people I don't think recognize. Um, your stainless steel pans are going to conduct heat better than your cast iron. But it's a fact, yeah. But it will retain the heat and hold the heat um, consistently longer, and especially uh, if you're cooking stovetop because um, you have more ambient heat and variables than in an oven that's an enclosed space. But yeah, yeah. But anyhow. Um, so any previews on that? Or are you still kind of putting it uh, together? Still, uh, noodling it out. Um, I've got to uh, sort of find a balance between uh, heading out to the grocery stores. Yeah. Um, a lot of this is going to require uh, having a magic oven, you know. Oh, yeah. So right. that the food comes out prepared uh, after I, I make it. You know, well, I'll, I'll show, demo how to make the food, but then have, you know. Right. The finished product there so well i was going to help you originally and do this class with you if there's something i can do to help let me know john um but i understand about the going to the stores i had to when i was doing um 
pickles, which I believe I've said <laughs> on previous podcasts, one, the second round that I was doing, I had to go to five stores to get Persian cucumbers. And I had gone to the local here originally and they had them and uh, they didn't have them this time. And so then I went to the next local, then the next local. And finally I had to make a trek further and further and became successful, but it was um, not really what I wanted to be doing, running around, going to multiple stores during this um, period of time when we're trying to not go to the store that much. Um, right. And it's been interesting to see uh, week after week, uh, just how uh, more people are complying with having face masks and rubber gloves and whatnot while they're shopping. It's not a full compliance, not right. you know, any means at all, but you certainly don't feel odd anymore. Right. Well, and I think the other thing is just to see the changes in the grocery stores too and how they're handling things and what yeah. they're doing for their staffs. Mm -hmm. Um, which I'm glad to see for them. Um, much more plexiglass going. Um, some stores, which I have sort of in my mind thought should happen all along, have one-way aisles. So my big beef is somebody, I'm standing in an aisle and somebody is passing me within a foot. Yeah. And I don't know what is in their minds. And <laughs> I'm using my grocery cart as a blockade a lot of times. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's a good... Yeah solid start to a six foot separation. So, yes, exactly. So I, you know, it's just like some people ignore any one way sign. They just boom mm -hmm. right yeah. there all of a sudden. It's like, and then you, what do you want to get confrontation? What are you, an idiot? You can't read the floor. It's a one way. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's a whole new world. Um, so, uh, so that's kind of how we're kind of working on this next uh, issue and John's been um, sort of participating in all of those ways. But from a personal standpoint, what would you say kind of quarantine and cooking has been for you? What's what's that been like? The first week, actually, um, week, week and a half or so, we very successfully burned through all of that food in the back of the freezer. And remarkably, it wasn't freezer burned at all. <laughs> And then I end up, and it's like, wow, we finally got that done. Yay, you know. And so it, it took, I mean, it was a solid week or more before we actually had to go to the store to get some more milk and that kind of stuff. But, yeah, that was. Uh, and um, I, I'm almost, that first week or so, I actually lost weight. I was getting into my skinny jeans. Uh-huh. But that's that's over now. That's <laughs> are you gravitating towards anything different, or are you kind of creating things on the fly? Or I mean, for yeah, me, I'm, I, uh huh. I'm a lot more improvisational, so you know, I just look at things in there and kind of mentally put them together. Um, I made a, a sort of, I guess you might call it an Italian meatloaf. Uh, you know, sun-dried tomatoes and, and some rye bread, that kind of thing is the panada. Um, and what did I do? I don't know. Are Anyhow, you craving anything? Not anymore. Okay. I, well, because I actually, you know, when I brought that air fryer home, <laughs> I thought, I haven't had 21 shrimp in a million years. I'm going to have tiny 21 shrimp. And they actually turned out pretty fun. That was okay. Good. I don't think I, you know, make a regular habit out of it. <laughs> so did you then, um, little, uh, do a batter and and coat them and all that kind of stuff? No, no, they uh, they were pre-breaded. Oh, okay. Batters and that kind of stuff don't work in the air fryer. 
What was I? I really was really pleased with how well it worked with um, the broccoli and the cauliflower because you, I cooked it up to a certain point and then I tossed it with some cheese and finished it off. And it's it's an odd method of cooking because it, it's not really frying. It's sort of a hot dehydration. Okay. So things crisp. Oh, you know what I think would be really good in there? Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that. I'm like salivating right now with the thought of that. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then I, I left the uh, crown of the head of cauliflower. I just took out the stem. Oh, you did a I, whole head? Yeah. And that worked oh. out just really nicely. And I uh, put buffalo, you know, some franks over it. And then uh, again, I put uh, pull it out just towards the end and uh, scattered blue cheese on it. And then that baked up real well and gave it a nice uh, little sort of a cheesy crust on top of the uh, hot sauce. I was, I was really pleased with how that turned out. Lovely. Yeah. Oh. But uh, no, I, I, I think I'm over my cravings. Although, you know, uh, my wife made uh, chocolate chip cookies and I love cookies. I could, I swear, I could just eat cookies all day long every day. I, did you? Does she make the cuisine recipe? Robin and I spoke about that last week. Um, I doubt it. No, uh, but she did. She she used. Um, she had never really played with unsalted butter. Okay. And so she really? the recipe, okay. which called for unsalted butter, and then it only calls for I think a quarter teaspoon of salt. And she still that when she finished them, she wasn't real happy with them. And I said, well. What we've done to add cuisine is to sprinkle some coarse salt over the top, mm -hmm. and that made all the difference. So oh, it was yeah. a little trick at work, you know, that really uh, put it over the top. It was excellent. I've so. been craving kind of um, comfort food, but trying to make it healthy comfort. So I bought red lentil pasta and mm -hmm. have cooked up. I bought some pancetta and some prosciutto. I had some dried mushrooms in my freezer and in my fridge that have been there forever. So <laughs> been going, I mean, yeah, I still have things in my freezer that I need to go through. I did have some salmon last night from my freezer, but um, I stepped on the scale this week and said, yep, gotta get back to healthier. Uh -huh. yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. though I'm making it healthy comfort, it might be too much comfort. Um, but yeah, uh, the, one of the things that uh, was um, coincidental, I guess, is that, uh, and pardon me while I butcher my Italian here, but uh, we had made some um, pasta alla olio aglio. Oh, <laughs> for, sure. Um, the garlic and, and butter and and, uh -huh. <clears throat> and then ironically or coincidentally, then uh, Maddie and Haley did the pasta yeah. sauce thing the next day. So and there it was. It was like, woo. Yeah. Well, and then it's different, but I know Amanda just posted recently the cacio e pepe. Well, and I was supposed to, you were talking about going to California. I was supposed to go to Italy. Um, I have a friend I've living been, in Rome. I've been reluctant to ask you how disappointing that has to have been. Um, it is disappointing. Um, I have a, a good friend um, that uh, I know from New York days and she moved to Rome a little over five years ago or so. And so I was going to visit with um, she and and then I was traveling um, to Florence where I have been and I've been to, to Rome but really didn't spend that much time there and then was going to Venice where I have not been. But, um, and then kind of doing some offshoot things. Anyway, it just, timing didn't work out. <laughs> and uh, 
Um, but Cacio e Pepe is kind of a personal favorite, and I was really looking forward to having that at um, in Rome with with uh, my friend because she's really into food. So yeah. um, I knew I was not going to go hungry. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, I was lucky. Um, yes, my airline actually canceled my flight, but I do believe now. Uh, I think there's actually kind of it's come out that if you got were canceled as a result of COVID nineteen, I think everybody will get refunds. But I got refunds for all three hotels uh, that I had booked that were um, non-cancelable, non-refundable. I did get refunds on all of those. Um, so there yeah. were smaller things. But uh, yes, I um, was looking forward to um, some cacio e pepe anyway, when you mentioned uh, alio olio, however you say that. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been, um, as I said, uh, comfort food was definitely kind of what I was craving. And because um, I tend to eat a little healthier or try to at least. And um, it's just been really hard. Um, food is soulless and uh, and we're kind of out of sorts. And um, it's the one kind of familiar thing that we can all touch and brings us back to a different frame of mind potentially. And, and we also control it. I mean, you know, we're behind the stove, we're getting to, to do what we want. And it's sort yeah. of like a time that we're, it's everything is out of our control and, and that's okay. Um, you know, you're absolutely right about that. That, that is one of my um, go-to self-soothing sort of thing is to get in front of the stove to do some cooking. I mean, mm -hmm. it takes me out of the world and, mm -hmm. and in a way that alcohol can't. Right. <laughs> well, you're you're in the zone. I think you lose yeah. yourself. I mean, I know that's one of the things that I do love about being in a test kitchen environment at work when we're all there and music's playing and everybody's sort of in their kitchen. You're there's noise, ambient noise going on, but you're kind of really focused in your own little world, making your thing. And you might touch base with somebody. Hey, taste this for me. What do you think? And you're kind of riffing as you go. But when you're burning through and trying to make a lot of things and get through a lot of things in a day or whatever, you're just you have to be in the zone and you kind of lose yourself. And um, it's it's enjoyable. It's exhausting, but it's enjoyable, too. And, uh, yeah, I think when we can kind of get back to that kind of thing at home right now, it's um, sort of how many of us are are coping. Yeah, I think so. Because yeah. uh, again, I, I'll allude to the drinking thing. It's uh, some some afternoons. It seems like every day is Friday, you know. And sure. I think people lose track of what day it is. Actually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, well, it's funny. I think I saw like a thing going around Facebook, and it was the handoff of um, it was like a baton raced, and it was a handoff of coffee to to wine. <laughs> that's how like your day is going. Like you go from coffee to wine, and that's how you're getting through. And mm -hmm. uh, um, but I mentioned Facebook, so I will say, um, I think I'm going to wrap it up here, John, but, um, thanks for joining me and, um, check out our website, cuisineathome.com. And if you're not following us on, um, social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, uh, Pinterest. And we'd love to have you check us out. We've got a lot of great, um, recipes up there cacio e pepe we've got an italian meatloaf i know that um we've got multiple chocolate chip cookies yeah. and um so hopefully we can help you get through this uh period of time and uh yeah we just wanted to give you a sense of how we're putting together a food magazine during um these um unprecedented times and uh 
Thanks for listening and uh, come back next week. Thanks a lot. Ta-ta. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products, and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom at home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.